BC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Startup Women podcast. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. In the month of March, in celebration of International Women's Day, Startup Canada, Startup Communities, leading women entrepreneurs, government, and industry partners will come together to celebrate the contributions and achievements of women entrepreneurs to Canada's startup ecosystem. From the beginning, the Thrive Podcast has always been about creating and curating educational content and actionable advice from leading experts, entrepreneurs, and support organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all kinds of other support for women founders. Women entrepreneurs across Canada challenge the status quo every day, helping to build a more gender-balanced world and to release the full potential of women founders. But despite their tireless efforts, systemic barriers continue to exist, often making it incredibly difficult to start a business, let alone scale and grow. That's why we are pivoting away from the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs to the Startup Women Podcast, because we are here to assist and champion all women entrepreneurs, not just those who are thriving. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Kendall Ansel, owner of Kendall Ansel Interiors and Bell Construction, on our show today. Kendall has always believed that happiness starts at home. Growing up, she spent most of her weekends helping her dad, a contractor, with family projects. This influenced and shaped her passion for exploring how people live one nail and paint swatch at a time. It's unsurprising that those childhood experiences developed into a promising career. Kendall studied architectural drafting at Kwantlen Polytechnic University, then completed the Interior Design Management Program at BCIT. This background, coupled with her inclusive approach, allows Kendall to create homes and office spaces that really do bring her clients' dreams to life. When she's not being a fairy design mother, gender-smashing business owner, Kendall loves to spend time with her family, at home reading and cooking, between working on home projects of her own, or hiking and biking in BC's beautiful outdoors. Welcome to the show, Kendall. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Kayla. Absolutely. I am so excited to dive into today's conversation. Uh, But before we do so, tell us what's really the most important thing that you want our audience to take away from our chat today. Yeah, I mean, I think I always want people to have more information about women in trades, um, how someone can get into the trades, and, um, you know, just always following your dreams and following what feels right in your gut. 
Incredible. That's a fantastic message. And I have to say, our conversation today is of, um, it, it's a special place in my heart because my partner is in the trades. Um, and so carpentry and, and working in the trades has, has been, um, you know, it hits close to home for me. So I'm really excited about hearing your perspective and your entrepreneurial journey. So, so let's get started. Yeah. Why Sounds did great. you decide to launch Kendall Ansel Interiors and Bell Construction, um, which is BC's first female-led construction company? That's right. Yeah. So um, Kendall Ansel Interiors is about 10 years old. Um, I guess it'll be 11 years this year. And uh, there really wasn't a safe space 11 years ago where I could say, hey, instead of, you know, launching an interior design business, I really want to be in construction and I want to create beautiful homes as a contractor. Uh, so I didn't have really any support or any mentors or any the BC building industry was just not, I don't think, where it needed to be uh, to to have a good jumping off point. So I went with the interior design route. And that's been really successful for me for the last however many years. Um, and then, yeah, just with everything with happening with the Me Too movement and, um, you know, feeling like the world is more inclusive, Bell kind of came out of a, just a an idea like we we can be doing this better and and when we we have a construction company we can be inclusive we can respect uh work uh working moms mm. we can respect moms that have to pick kids up from school and we can just run a company that that does better for women or or people of any of any choice mm. so. And so your your overall venture, I think, is very clearly community oriented, and you really get that sense and feel when um, looking at, at your organization with your website specifically explaining mm-hmm. that um, you know apart from tradeswomen, you also empower um, members of the LGBTQ plus community. How are you Correct. and the Bell Construction team really raising awareness and making a difference in these spaces? Walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, it's a. <laughs> I'd like to say that it was an overnight quick. Oh, we can do this. Look at us. Uh, you know, it's been it's it's been a few years now, so we've had some learning curves. We went out guns blazing. We are going to be different. We're going to find all these people. That was quite the opposite of what happened. We realized, well, we need some money to do that. Mm. Also, <laughs> that you know, people are already happy within their companies they're in. Uh, people have been so jaded by the industry they're not around anymore. Um, so we we definitely set out with lofty goals that we had to get our you know our heads out of the clouds a bit and mm-hmm. uh, now our our real goal is to create a great working environment and then what we find is people kind of find us they hear mm-hmm. about us you know through the grapevine or we're kind of this mystery company um, and then once they reach out and and really speak to the people who work for us and speak to us they realize that we are trying to make a difference and a change and uh, it's slow, but, and it's not, you know, instant gratification every day, but in the long term, it's, it'll be the the right thing and it'll lead us to where we need to be. And when you were first starting Bell Construction, I know you mentioned that, you know, you were facing a lot of hurdles with online job postings and that they were being flagged or taken down because they held the word woman um, in the job posting. Why was this happening? Um, Explain to our listeners what this process looked like for you. Exactly. So um, obviously I was you know, naive. And I'm like, Oh, I can create a job posting. And I'm going to say, I specifically want women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also use the term rainbow people as well. So we kind of were trying mm. to be as inclusive as possible on these job postings. 
but indeed and some of the bigger job posting sites have algorithms that take down certain posts that that are not you know within their their zone that they need to be i guess that's what the robots are doing mm. uh it still happens to us today but now we have the we've we've ended up applying for uh at the human rights tribunal for exemption for this problem because mm. our whole business focus was women in trades mm-hmm. so we felt that we, we basically stated our claim in this six-page document to human rights tribunal and we ended up with a five-year exemption to be reviewed in five years and then hopefully extended past the five years um, so that's really given us the documentation to put those posts up and actually say hey you know you can't be taking these down we have we have proof that we can ask for these things in our postings. Mm. Incredible. I, I just never have heard of that before that obviously, yeah. uh, you know, this is, this we hear a lot on the Thrive on the podcast, it's, but it's a new one. Yeah. It's like a huge thing to have as a company. I think we're the first construction company to have something like this. Mm. And, but it's, it's kind of, you don't get to talk about it all the time because in your, in daily life, that's, that doesn't really apply. It really only applies to when we are searching for people and trying to be really specific of what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a ha- this human rights tribunal was a complete happy accident with one of my mom's cousins on a trip saying, Hey, make sure you don't put women in your job post. And I was like, excuse me, what? Like, mm. you can't do that. And she's like, Oh no, you're going to get sued. Like wow. what? <laughs> so, you know, you just kind of fumble upon these conversations and like, oh yeah, okay, makes sense. But anyway, interesting. We made it. We're yeah, here. yeah, you're here now. But but interesting <laughs> that you know when we're trying to you know encourage more more diversity in trades um, or in other industries that are more male dominated, this would be a huge hurdle that that is not just right. representative in your industry, but something to explore across all of these different industries um, to make sure that there's yeah. more representation. Yeah, and the biggest, the tribunal told me that the biggest opponent to this is men. So that was what mm-hmm. we were basically writing against, mm-hmm. um, was the the non-offensiveness to men, which mm-hmm. you don't, like, it makes sense when you think about it, I guess, logistically, but it's, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, mm-hmm. we're trying to break away. And even when we post now, we are very clear that we are looking for women. You read our website, looking mm-hmm. for women, but we, the majority of the applicants are men. Mm-hmm. And and we look at them all and obviously see if there is a good fit that is a, a man, great. But but we, we try to be clear, but mm, sometimes that's not translated well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think, you know, there's there's incremental change and, and you're clearly, uh, you know, charging forward with um, some some really yes. incredible work. And, you know, mm-hmm. with um, with the stats that we see, women accounting for what, only four or five percent of, of skilled trade workers um, in Canada, which is in- wild. Um, but I think that also leads to a common perception that customers that on the customer end, they might not welcome trades women. Um, Talk to us about that. Why is that true or not true? What have you seen with your client experiences from all women crews or mostly women crews? Yeah, um, it's a funny one. I would say that we're not, people don't phone us if they don't sort of know Mm. that Mm -hmm. it's, oh, so I don't encounter I'm not kind of in this, I'm not bidding on things blindly. Mm-hmm. I know, I know kind of where a referral has come from for a project, 
but I will say that the the you know the woman is usually leading like the you know in, in the interior design we've got it all dissected. We know who the person making the decisions is. Mm. We know who's paying the bills. We know who's really in charge, which is either the baby or the dog. You know those kinds of things. So when we get into a space, we'll see the wife is usually called us, and she knows a bit about our background. But the husband mm. doesn't necessarily un. Like he do, they don't get it, and it's a great look of confusion on the face mm-hmm. when we explain. And I gauge what I explain based on what I'm reading from the husband and the wife. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the wife is kind of up to date, and the husband's just like, "Okay, cool," but with a look of confusion. So we're still we're still mm-hmm. getting that, or we get the complete opposite where we get two total cheerleaders who are like, yes, we're using you. This is the way forward. Like everybody's old school in construction. I want to be part of change. And they kind of go into this, this um, girl power raw, raw situation. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a, you know, interior designs very much read the room, Mm. read the client, all the nonverbal things. And that's where I feel I can take a bit of that training into construction and really read like, what is the comfortability of people for me to launch into our, you know, big fancy story, Mm. or am I just saying, Hey, we're coming in to do great work. And I think as a company in a, in a male dominated space, we never wanted to go in full feminist. Mm. We really wanted to fit in. And that was, you know, my whole plan around, I mean, we, I'm sure there's a question coming up about this, but about branding and marketing Mm -hmm. is I just wanted to fit in and I wanted to just be with them instead of creating a storm around that mm. or them or other companies. So. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we'll, we'll definitely cover that shortly. And with um, like going even even earlier, looking at yeah. supporting women in the trades, entering schools for the trades, are there are you seeing an increase in women entering schools for the trades, you know, now that spaces like Bell Construction are available at the tail end? Um, are we expecting, you know, a gradual shift in the gender demographics of the trade sector? How far do we need to go to, to improve that more? What are you seeing even earlier stage as people choose their career paths um, in, in these male dominated fields? Yeah, I think I'm really excited for the next few years. I think we're going to have a lot of fantastic female trades um, coming out of of these technical schools, and I know that firsthand just from going in and speaking early on at these schools. Um, so I do see a shift, but it does take a few years for people to get the right training. So I know it's coming, and we also have fantastic subsidies through the government for women. You can basically become, I think it's like a licensed trade in nine months. And they give you like a full set of hand tools when you graduate. Like it, it's encouraged. It's something I, I, I might be mistaken on the nine months, but it's a a very short period of time Mm -hmm. that you can actually be on a job site and be working and be making great money. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, and the, and the government is, is on board with that and has great programs for it. I think it's just a matter of, you know, getting on BCIT's website or, um, there's a whole bunch of them I can send you that we can basically have a short list of schools that are supporting supporting this cause. 
Wow. And the, the from my perspective, the entrepreneurial potential of this is so huge that, you know, yes. all of these these um, tradeswomen being able to build their own businesses and and support this this full national fabric. Um, but I, I do think, obviously, based on the stats, we have a long way to go. Um, and, and on the, the other end that, you know, you get out of these programs and if you are entering, um, you know, job sites that are completely male dominated or if you don't have that sense of community or belonging on site sites, then that could be that that barrier to entry. So it's incredible to see, um, you know, Bell Construction showing uh, a different way of doing things and that you don't need to be entering that space. Or you could also start a similar <laughs> organization like Bell Construction and support even more women entrepreneurs. Exactly. And, and you know, we have some sub-trades that are women as well, mm. and we love working with them. Um, you know, owning your own small business, it's daunting. And, you know, I think people need a little, uh, obviously, I would recommend taking a business course before diving into, you know, becoming a specialty trade or mm. your own business, but it's, um, there is so much opportunity. And I think, like I said, at the beginning, I hope people take away that really the sky's the limit in this space right now. So on on the entrepreneurial side, so recognizing that you know building any type of business is a challenge if you're a woman entrepreneur or not. Walk us through you know some of the challenges that you faced building this business. Um, what advice would you lend to our listeners today as they take on you know uh, uh, their their endeavors or take on new projects that might feel daunting from the get go? Yeah, for sure. Um, my biggest uh, thing that I've learned over the years. And I think I was probably pretty bullheaded to not realize it until maybe, you know, five years into the interior design business is I really, I need to stay in my lane and know what I know, and then have surround myself with people who know their expertise. So for example, accounting is, you know, I'm, I am really good at math, but being good at math does not mean you're a good accountant. Mm -hmm. So finding and surrounding yourself with people that can help you to make sure, you know, your books are solid, you're filing your taxes on time, you're making sure that, you know, all your government subsidies are looked at if that's the route you're going. Um, and then surrounding yourself with maybe a staff member or an admin support person that can keep up with your billing and keep up with kind of the day-to-day the -day organization things while you go out and perform your trade or your service that you're offering. Mm. So I think I, I, I also am a millennial. So I think that probably was part of my problem mm. is that I really did think <laughs> I could do it all myself and I knew it all myself, but mm. I truly did not. Mm. And, and yeah, that, that's a challenge we hear often on the podcast. Yes. So you're not alone yeah. there. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that's like the most common thing people say. Uh, and I think it just takes it, it, people can, you can say it a hundred times, but until you really live it, uh, you're, it doesn't really sink in. Mm -hmm. And then for the, um, for the construction side. So I had a lot of trades when I, um, worked on the, or I still work on the interior design side, but I had a lot of trades, but what I didn't have was kind of the micro trades that filled in for those trades. So I didn't really have these middle pieces and I started the business with a, a, a friend of mine who was also a contractor and, he was able to fill in those little pieces for me on on process, on how to, uh, what what a level six drywall finish was, what a level four looked like, like little things that as a designer, I would have commented, oh, the drywall's not nice here. Mm -hmm. But now I have kind of this filled in gap of how I can communicate better to the trade and know 
um, what and and have a standard expectation of of things being done. Mm. So that's another thing that I think you know people you can't you need to really surround yourself. My husband always says surround yourself with advent Avengers. Mm. It is surrounding yourself <laughs> with those great people that can um, can fill in the blanks for you, can support you, someone you can call and say, hey, you know I'm in trouble and I I, I can you stay a little longer? Can you do this? I mean I think that the 10 years of that interior design business really had my back mm. when I started this. And how did you find your, your sort of co-founder, if you will, or your, um, uh, your co-lead? How did you go through that process, managing and building what was um, a very specific type of, of company that you were trying to bring forth? For sure. So, you know, him and I had discussed me doing this, um, again, not including women. It was just Hey, I think I want to do this. What do you think? And mm. it, it, and then the women angle came. I'm like, hey, we should have some. We should have some some women on site. <laughs> and then it was like, whoa, how do we get women on site? And then that kind of, you know, it was it was actually quite a hilarious conversation. So he he's um, was around for the first year of Bell, mm. and um, and then he he's moved on. Um, he does bigger projects, so he's moved on to do those. But he really helped me say, okay, listen, don't get too excited. Like bring your head out of the clouds. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get a few projects underneath you. We've got to get a few key team members. So I really was looking for someone that could say, this is how the process went. And I'm going to guide you through this first year and see how it, how we can do. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah, it, it really is all about gut. I knew mm-hmm. that that was the right right person to consult with and, you know, share my secrets with. But mm-hmm. yeah. Kinda. And it's tough. You know, we yeah. hear, we often hear that, you know, that the relationship between co-founders can really make or break your business. That if you're bringing in trusted advisors and um, you have a difference of opinion or you don't communicate well or you have different objectives, that can really, you know, help or hurt your business. But interesting that this, this partnership was almost reinforcing that foundation, but then letting you lead and soar and, and take things over once you had more experience. That's an interesting model that, uh, that could be applied yeah. into other industries. That's right. And I do feel that because I had already been in business with the other business for, you know, nine years at that point, I knew, I knew what I didn't know that, or I knew there were gaps for me. I could admit that. And I was ready to receive the information. I think if you're coming in guns blazing with this great idea, again, with this uh, being a millennial myself, like I knew everything that's when you're going to see the failure happen. But I was open to receive feedback and information. So mm. It's interesting you brought up the, the idea of the Avengers, because that's always what I imagine a construction site sort of to be, that you have, you know, the bricklayers, you have the carpenters, you have the plumbers, you have these like niche subject matter experts that work together so beautifully that that concept sometimes, you know, as entrepreneurs, we bootstrap the plumbing and the drywall and the yes. framing and all of these different components. Um, whereas, you yes. know, if we actually brought in a framer, there there could be a lot of, um, you know, support and lessons that you would learn for the next business model. So I think that there's actually totally. an interesting parallel here with, you know, managing totally. different teams and making sure that and you're how the most we, of that. Yeah. So we have direct employees that work for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you really do need to have those, those key people um, with you at the beginning so that because mm. you're always you're trying to do a really good job on those first few projects because that's dictating kind of how everything else lays out mm. so we wanted to make sure we had some key people in place and then the sub trades we treat them as if they're our staff as well mm. so that is something that i noticed on other job sites that wasn't happening it was mm-hmm. a blame or it was their fault well no we're a team we're all on the same ship 
like if I don't get paid, you're not getting paid. So we we need to be we need to be all in the same headspace, and that's how we treat everyone. Mm. Um, you know, equally. I, I, I try to pe- treat people as equally as possible. Mm, amazing. So. Incredible. And so supporting, you know, the the funnel of potential future Bell Construction and Kental Ansel Interior um, staff that could be coming down the, the, the pipeline. No, that's not quite. That's not super trans oriented. Yeah. Um, but that's looking, okay. looking um, you know, early, how do we have these conversations with kids about exploring, yeah. um, you know, the trades and really offering these opportunities to, uh, you know, young girls and boys? Um, what what off- advice do you have to, to have those conversations early? Yeah, um, it's, this was really popular the first year we were in business. This was like the number one question, like, where did we go wrong? Like, mm. how did this become a male dominated? Yeah, situ- uh, not, I don't want to say situation, but uh, industry. industry. Mm. So we were, I really sat down and did a lot of research on like what I was even watching as a kid. And that was um, Bob, not even Bob the Builder. I'm a bit Way before Bob the Builder, but Bob the Builder is what came to mind. And then anytime you would think of a plumber, you would automatically think male. You would mm-hmm. automatically mm-hmm. think male for electrician. So somewhere along the line, we have just assumed it's it's going to be a male. And then we've created this whole world of shows and literature around men. Um, and that's where, you know, we wrote a, a, a children's book um, to try to correct this. And this is the start of probably many children's books, because I think they can be the sky's the limit on this one, too. Um, but having um, just to start throwing in literature that little kids can read and and see the inclusivity that it is the construction industry. In fact, it's for everyone. Mm. So, um, one really great story that we have is on a, a, those initial few projects. We took out a wall at a woman's home and we put in like a really nice glass piece, um, which opened up the space. And mm. two of my staff members took down the wall in front of two little boys. And mm. we're talking sawzalls, sledgehammers. They were ripping this wall down. <laughs> and these little boys were like, Oh my, like, look at this mom. And she had this machine and she was swinging it out the wall. It was so cool. She's so great. And she's, and they're using she, and they're using Mm. ladies and they're using girls and they're using all these great words. And I get this cool text from the mom later. Like you have seriously impressed my boys. Like they are, they're just using construction as girls now. Mm. And I think that that's that, you know, that, that, text and that message really is is why we do what we do. Mm, amazing. And if anybody is looking to, you know, buy this for uh, for anyone in their life, Bell and Friends yeah. Build a House is is the yeah. the book title. I think my partner would absolutely love this. He's, you know, not a not a child, but would definitely yeah. appreciate the the literature. Um, incredible. And and that's I think just shifting the narrative that we need to see it to be it. And I think it, it's so incredible to see um, how how you're bringing this to life in um, in every day and l- using all these different vehicles to make these stories happen. That you know, it's incredible. Yes. Amazing. So walk us through, you know, final key questions. How can Canadian entrepreneurs across Canada that are listening today also be supportive allies for tradeswomen? What calls to action can we use this platform for? It's important to do your research to hire people in your area that you know, like, and trust. Mm. But it's, it would be really great to even expand that search to have female plumber, female electrician, 
and look at supporting some of the local women in your area that are trying to make a difference. Mm. So that would be my one suggestion. If someone is trying to thinking about someone who likes to work with their hands, thinking about maybe going into a trade, general labor, doesn't have to be specialty. Look at the local programs that are available to you and you will be pleasantly surprised that there are some amazing grants Mm. as well as programs that are out there supporting women. Amazing. And final piece of advice for any women entrepreneurs or women entrepreneurs uh, in the trades, um, final piece of advice you want to share with our listeners today. Yeah. um, Talk to your friends, get your adventure group together Mm. and go for it. And don't hold back because you'll miss 100% of the chances you don't take. Sing it. I love it. That is such a great, uh, great line to end with, Kendall. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I know I definitely enjoyed this conversation and learned quite a bit. Um, So thank you for sharing these insights and uh, best of luck. We're, We're rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook, Resources for Women Entrepreneurs, with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rick Spence, and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.